It is um, delightful to see this sea of red in front of me. It excites me because we're going to go out this afternoon and see some amazing things. But before we go, we need some training, do we not? We do. And I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. I have known him a very long time. I've known him since he was 15 years old. Who's 15? Okay. When I met the man that's going to be speaking to us today, he was passionate about telling his friends and just about anybody that he met about Jesus. And at 15, he signed up for something that was called New Day Global, which meant we went to Holland, we went over there for 10 days and just told as many people as we could meet about Jesus. And what I have known about Steph since then is that zeal, that passion to tell people about Jesus has just grown and grown and grown. And actually, he is... Come up, Steph. Steph, Steph, come up. Come, come, give me a hand. Give me a hand. He's also grown a few muscles since then as well. But um, what I do know is that he has become an outstanding man of God. And he walks the streets of Bedford telling people about Jesus. What he's got to say is so significant and is life-changing. And the things are going to drop into your heart today that will equip you to tell people about Jesus this afternoon, tomorrow, the days ahead, the months ahead, the years ahead. Today is going to be a powerful day. Thank you. All right. Oh, what a joy to be here. You doing well? Yeah? If you're excited uh, for this afternoon, just give me a whoop whoop. Yes, if you're raring to go, give me a pop pop. Nice. Oh, guys, you are going to love this afternoon. You know what? I love telling people about Jesus. Jesus has become the content of my conversation over the last few years because Jesus has radically transformed my life. And now I just get the joy and privilege to tell people about him wherever I go. And I tell you what, there is no greater joy than telling people about Jesus because Jesus has not only transformed my life, but he is waiting and eager to transform the lives of the people that we're going to meet this afternoon. So it's going to be super fun. And uh, let me just introduce a little bit more about myself. So my name is Steph, right? And I'm based in Bedford, uh, in an, an incredible church called King's Arms. And uh, my responsibilities at the church are sort of twofold. One, I help lead a school called TSM, which is our training school of supernatural ministry. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. But it's simply a school where students from all across the country, really, so from London, from Southampton, from Brighton, all come up to Bedford one day a week for over nine months and basically get trained and equipped to live like Jesus. And people's lives get transformed as they just discover how much Jesus loves them. And then the practical outworking of that is to go out and tell other people about Jesus. So if you want to do TSM, come and see me after and I'll tell you more about it. My other responsibilities are simply to go out on the streets and tell people about Jesus. So I've been paid for the last two years to go out onto the streets, two days a week, to simply love on people. And it's been an absolute joy and privilege to be able to not only do that, but to get paid to do what I absolutely love doing. And I've got loads of incredible stories, some of which I'm going to share with you this morning, um, to just work up a bit of excitement and enthusiasm. So you up for it? Great. So let me just turn up the volume a little bit, okay? So I think this was last year. I was out in town with my friend Katie, and we see three teenagers just sitting on a park bench. And we go up to them, and I ask them the miracle question, which I'm going to teach you guys in a minute. And one of the questions is, hey guys, can I ask you a question? If God wants to do a, could do a miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? Okay? And it's one of those moments where 
you often sort of immediately regret your decision. And I don't know if you've been in one of those moments where you ask someone a, a slightly unusual question and they start laughing at you. Anyone had that moment? Well, this was one of those for me. And it was one of those moments where I regret my decision. I want to go home, get under my duvet and watch Netflix, right? Because I approach these three teen- teenagers them, and I ask, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would you want them to do? And they started laughing and the mockery starts, right? But I just rephrased the question slightly. I said, hey, look, God is in a good mood, he loves you, and he wants to reveal himself to you right now. And despite the mockering of the two guys, the girl comes forward and says, you know, I've actually got real pain in my ankle. And she had pain in her ankle for a number of years. And I just offered to pray in that moment, right? Very simple prayer. I said, pain go and healing come in the name of Jesus. And the pain instantly left, right? And it was so cool. And she said she instantly felt this warm tingling sensation in her ankle. And I kid you not, this is exactly what she said. She said, that tingling sensation that started on her ankle went all the way up to her leg and then went to her heart. And this is what she said. It was almost like Jesus touched my heart in that moment. And it was beautiful because the atmosphere began to shift, right? And she ended up opening her heart to Jesus there and then. She came to faith. It was a beautiful moment. And that would be a cool story if the story finishes there, right? But it goes on. Literally 30 seconds later, they see one of her friends coming towards them. And uh, before I even got an opportunity to work out what was going on, this girl ushers over this guy and says, you need to get this guy to pray for your back. Okay, so this guy had been in uh, back pain for a number of years. And and she just shared her story of what just happened five seconds ago. And... um, it was one of those moments where I just feel a, a surge of courage from the Holy Spirit, right? And I turn to this guy's friend and I say, hey, you want to get your phone out because God's about to heal this guy, okay? What I've learned over the years is it's good to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And I try and put myself in context where if God doesn't show up, I look like an absolute sausage, okay? And this was one of those moments. So I'm totally reliant on the Holy Spirit because I've asked these guys to film what's about to happen. So the guys get the phone out, and this guy tells me that he's got severe back pain. Okay, I pray the very simple prayer once again. Pain go and healing come in the name of Jesus. And he was like, what the fudge cake? Okay, and instantly healed. All this pain suddenly left, and he came to faith. Okay, so that's two people came to faith in about four minutes. Okay, how cool is that? That would be a cool, yeah, you can applaud that. That is fun. Yay, Jesus, right? That would be a cool story if the story finished there. What happened next just totally blew my mind, okay? By this time, we gathered a bit of a crowd. And in the distance, I see another sort of mob of teenagers hanging out. I say teenagers, probably a little bit older, probably a similar age to myself. So I go over there with my friend Katie, and I was like, hey, guys, did you just see what was happening behind me? And they said, yeah, yeah, we saw what happened, but we tried to avoid it because it looked like a fight was kicking off. (laughs) And I was like, that wasn't a fight. That was Jesus transforming people's lives. And I said to them, hey, who needs a miracle right here, right now? And I got to pray for two of them. And two of them opened their hearts to Jesus. They came to faith. It was amazing, right? And on the back of that, my friend Steve came over. And bizarrely, two more people came and joined this conversation. And Steve got praying for them. And both of them came to faith there and then. So it was so cool. In about 10 minutes, I think seven or eight people came to faith just on the streets, on the back of a few people experiencing healing. How cool is that? Love it. Listen, I don't share stories to to tease you of what you cannot have, but I tell stories to tempt you of what you can have. Because my stories become your stories, and what you see me do is the very thing that you can see happen in your own life. 
because we all get to play. You know, the very thing that qualifies me is the same thing that qualifies you. And that's the fact that I'm a son of the king. I'm adopted, chosen to be part of his family, adopted into his family. And that is my place of departure, my springboard. And it's so much fun. Shall I share another story quick? What should I share? Okay, this is a fun run, right? So I was um, in town, in Bedford, sitting on a park bench, okay? I just go to Greg's Bakery. I pick up my caramel custard donut and my pizza slice because they're amazing, right? 89p for those donuts. They are phenomenal. So I, I sit down. On my left is a, a, a woman. Next to him, her, sorry, is an elderly gentleman. And I start engaging in conversations with this woman. And I just turn to her and I say, hey, isn't it a beautiful day? She said, yeah. And I said, you're just on your lunch break. And oh, no, so I say, is it your day off? And she goes, no, I'm on my lunch break. I work just around the corner. At that point, the man directly next to her sort of leans forward and says, I'm always off, unless I go to hospital. How many of you know an opportunity when you see one? (laughs) So this guy starts sort of um, telling me a bit of his story, and and bless the woman in the middle, she just did not care. (laughs) So for her benefit, I sort of get up, I move, and I sit the other side of this man. And bless him, I was having a conversation for about an hour with this man, and he was just pouring out his life story. And he was telling me all these opportunities and situations where he's been in and out of hospital. And he turns to me and he says, Steph, you know, I've had two out-of-body experiences. And he told me these stories. And this, the second one really struck me. And you'll find out why. He turns to me and he says, Steph, there was this moment where I had this, this life and death experience where I physically died on an operating table. And I had this out-of-body experience and he said I saw my body leave or saw my spirit leave my body and I saw myself hovering over my body that was on the operating theater and he said suddenly I appeared in what looked like a courtroom and before me was a table and behind the table was a man dressed in completely white and behind that man were these big gates and this man dressed in white turned to this guy called John he says John sadly you can't come in. And on that table was a book. And this man dressed in white, he said, John, you can't come in because your name isn't written in this book. Again, how many of you know opportunity when you see one? (laughs) So the conversation sort of went off piece a little bit. And I brought it back to that situation. And John, he turned to me and he said, Steph, I wish I knew who that man was. And I turned to him and I said, John, I think I know who that man was. His name's Jesus. And the reason you couldn't go into those gates was because your name wasn't written in that book. And that book is called the Book of Life. And I said, John, you can get your name written in in there right now. And you can come to faith and know Jesus. And it was a beautiful moment where I got to lead this man to faith, where he opened his heart to Jesus. Isn't that phenomenal? And you know, that came off the back of eating a caramel donut on a park bench. You know, God is in the business of positioning us and you guys in a way that a demonstration of the kingdom is just ugh, just so close. My question is, are you willing to just take the step, take the initiative, and be intentional and spark up conversations? And this afternoon is a great opportunity for you to do that. You having fun? So I live with a Holy Spirit conviction that... Um, Evangelism is a lot easier than most people think. 
turn to your neighbor and, said, and say, hey, evangelism is a lot easier than you think, sunshine. Great. I'm going to tell you why evangelism is so easy, right? Listen up, guys. Evangelism is easy because God is passionately in love with mankind. He is desperate to reveal himself to the people that you're going to meet this afternoon. You see, God is not only in love with you, but he is desperately in love with humanity. I often say that God's motivation to reveal himself is much greater than your intentionality to tell people about him. And I don't tell you that to slap you around the face, but simply to provoke you by saying, you know what, God is motivated to reveal himself. And we get the privilege and the honor to bring people to an encounter of his goodness and his kindness. Because you know what, in Romans 2 verse 4 it says, the kindness of God leads to repentance. And you know what, for so long we've got it wrong. We think it's our repentance that leads us to his kindness. But it's not that way at all. You see, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's experiencing his goodness and his kindness in our life that creates us and provokes us to shift our, shift our perspective in order to come to faith and receive everything that he has for us. And I want to teach you the miracle question, which I've been using probably on the streets for about two and a half years. And this is just such a helpful, practical tool for you guys to reveal and demonstrate the kindness of God. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to teach it to you now, and then I'm going to demo it up front with one of you guys, and then I'm going to get you guys to practice it doing it on one another. Does that sound good? Brilliant. Before I do that, let me just say this. Everywhere I go, I try and redefine what evangelism looks like. Because evangelism in today's day and age has such a bad reputation. If you think evangelism is reduced to standing on a a street corner, um, standing on a box and declaring judgment and wrath, I beg you to reconsider. I want to suggest that evangelism has to be grounded and rooted in love. Because when we operate out of love, it's impossible to go wrong. Because when people experience love, they encounter Jesus. And you know what? When love is our source of motivation for evangelism, people cease being projects to simply ease our conscience but become vessels in whom the Father wants to pour out the fullness of blessing. Are you with me? You see, evangelism isn't pointing the trash out in people's lives, but it's revealing the value and the gold that God has put in their hearts. When that is our perspective and our foundation for evangelism, things begin to happen, things begin to shift, because people realize we're not there to condemn them or judge them, but we're there to help bless them and for for them to realize that we are there to help them discover the value that God has put in them. If you're getting excited, give me a whoop, whoop. Nice. It's feeling good, right? So the miracle question. My friend Mark sort of came up with the miracle question, and he's based in Coleraine uh, in Northern Ireland. And, uh, and he taught me the miracle question a few years ago now, and I've been using it for the last two and a half ye- uh, years. And I absolutely love it. And I think me and a few friends, we've probably seen uh, just over 300 people come to faith on the streets using the miracle question. Um, So that gives me real faith and excitement for this afternoon. And I'm going to teach it to you now. And as I said, the the idea behind this question is to reveal the kindness of God. Okay? So this is how it rolls. We're going out on the streets this afternoon. You're going to be seeing lots of people come to you, walk past you, and maybe you're even going to approach a few people yourself. This is what I want you to do. When you see someone coming towards you, I want you to simply stop and ask them a question. And the question I want you to ask them is, hey, can I ask you a question? Okay, so this is what I call the approach. Now, I appreciate that most people probably find the approach the hardest because approaching a stranger can be quite intimidating. 
But I want to suggest when you go with this tact where you approach someone and say, hey, can I ask you the question? It really breaks the ice, okay? And I don't know if you, any of you have been lost before and you have to ask for someone for directions. Has anyone done that before? A few of you, right? I don't know about you, but I, that makes it a little bit easier for me. If, or when I ask people for directions, I can quite comfortably do that. And I don't know if you've had a similar experience. So I want you to um, think of this question similar to that. So just approach someone in the streets, and instead of asking them for directions, you're going to give them slightly different. So you can go up to them and pro- approach them and say, hey, can I ask you a question? And there really is no pressure, okay? Because their response is going to either be yes or no. And if they say no, that's absolutely fine. You just let them carry on with their day. And you can say, not a problem, have an amazing day and bless them. Because what we're looking for is the people of peace. We don't want to force conversations on people. We don't want to coax people into a corner of trying to uh, coax them into a conversation. So look out for the people of peace. And they're obvious to, to note because they're a lot more relaxed and they'll give the impression that they have time. So if someone says yes... This is the moment where it starts to get fun. Are you ready? So if someone says yes, I want you to ask them this next question, which is if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? Now I'm going to encourage you to write this down. Lock it in your mind. So if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? How many of you believe in miracles in this room? Great. So do I. I see miracles happen all the time and I've got faith that miracles will be seen this afternoon. So we asked them this question, if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. People come out with the most obscure and random answers. (laughs) I've prayed for people who want tickets to go see Justin Bieber. I've prayed for people who want to go swim with dolphins. You name it, people say this kind of thing, right? Also, people say something really generic like world peace. In which case, I'm going to ask you to rephrase the question because what we're looking for in this question is something that is really personal to that individual. Okay? Give you an example. So I was out on the streets and I approached three people, three men, and I said, If God could do a miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? And immediately he said he wanted a beard. This guy was unable to grow a beard, right? And you know what? It was funny, but I chose not to laugh at him because what I teach my students, my friends, is we're not on the streets out there to judge people, but we're there to meet them where they're at. Okay? So in the moment of this quite funny answer, I chose to pray my best prayer over this individual. And I said, Jesus, thank you for this man. Thank you that you love him, that you see incredible value in his life. Thank you that he has an incredible significance and destiny. And Father, I just pray for this beard. I pray that it will miraculously appear on his face and he would uh, come to know you in a very real way. As comical as it was, the atmosphere shifted in the moment, right? And he came to faith. Because in that moment, he realized, not only do I care about the desires of his heart, but also does Jesus. And that would be a cool story if it ended there, right? Two weeks later, some of my friends were out on the streets and they were doing the miracle question. And they approach a group of guys. They jump in the middle and say, hey, can I ask you a question? If God could do a miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? Immediately, this group of guys recognized the question and they said, no way. One of you guys asked my friend that question two weeks ago. 
and they're referring to me. What transpires is this guy that I prayed for regarding the beard, within that two weeks he'd generally grown this beard and it had proper substance to this beard. Like, how crazy is that? Yeah. You know, as obscure and crazy as that person's answer was of wanting a beer, you know, God is in the business of answering those random beards, uh, those, those, random, <laughs> those random questions. Why? Because he cares and loves for humanity. So whatever someone's answer is, assuming that it's not illegal <laughs> and it doesn't put you in an awkward position, pray your best prayer over that individual. And what I mean by the best prayer is searching into the depth of your own heart and allowing your love for that individual and God's love for that individual to just spill out through what you say. And you know what? I want to encourage you to, and challenge you to keep your eyes open as you pray for people. You know, our default is just to suddenly close our eyes and do all this weird religious stuff, right? It freaks people out. So what I do every time I pray for an individual on the street, I keep my eyes open and I lock eye-to-eye contact Why? Because our eyes are the gateway to our soul. People can see in our eyes through the very core of who we are, and in that moment they realize that we're genuinely authentic with what we're saying. So keep our eyes open. Is this helpful? Grand. Okay, if you get that far, that is amazing, because you're revealing the kindness of God in people's lives. If you feel courageous enough and you want to take the next step, fabulous. I'm going to get you to ask this next question, okay? Next question is, what do you think is the greatest miracle God could ever do in your life? So write that down. What do you think is the greatest miracle God could ever do in your life? And again, when you ask someone this question this afternoon, we are not there to necessarily judge them or laugh at their answer, but we're there to meet them where they're at. And I want to encourage you to give them a couple of minutes to just share their thoughts to this question. Now, they may not have an answer, and that's absolutely fine. And don't pressure them, but just allow them to share their thoughts. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to demonstrate this to you any second. But what I say on the back of that question, I allow them to answer, and whether I agree with it or not is somewhat irrelevant at this point. And I'll let them answer, and I'll say, hey, look, do you mind if I just share my thoughts on that question. And I say, what do I think is the greatest miracle God could ever do in your life? And I say, I think he's already done it. And he's already given it to you in the form of a gift. And I say, just like on your birthday or Christmas, you get given these gifts, what do you do? You receive them, enjoy them, and embrace them. And I turn to them and I say, friends, you know, God has given you the gift of eternal life. And I ask them this simple question. I say, hey, have you ever received this gift of eternal life? And depending on that answer will determine whether or not how I phrase my next part of the conversation. Are you following? So this tool here, consider it um, marks on the road. You know if you're driving and there's signs and there's sort of paint on the floor that give you a, a helpful direction of which way to drive? Consider this tool exactly that. So when you're out in the, stru- the streets this afternoon, you have a basic structure that you can follow. By no means is it a method or a formula to quickly lead someone to Jesus, but it's a tool, a structure to, to um, lean in on to reveal the kindness of God in people's lives. Shall I give a quick demo? 
brilliant. Before I do, I want to introduce you to this picture. Anyone seen that before? Great, a very famous painting, although this isn't the original, this is a, a slightly updated version. And this is a painting by a guy called Holman Hunt, and it's called The Light of the World. And here we have a representation of Jesus knocking on the door. Now, I have this image on my phone all the time. I have it as my screensaver, so it's really easily accessible. And at some point in the conversation with this individual, I might pull out my phone and say, hey, do you mind me showing you a picture? And I whip this out. And I show them the painting, and I say, hey, have you ever seen this before? And they will say yes or no. And I say, hey, look, let me explain what's going, in on, going on here. And I zoom in on the picture on my phone, and I say, do you notice anything unusual about the door? Some people notice, some people don't. I don't know if you've noticed. Anything unusual about the door? Yes, buddy. No handle, bingo. Some people see it on the streets, right? And I say, absolutely right. But that is not a mistake. You see, there is a handle on this door, but the handle is on the inside. You see, I say, this door here can only be opened from the inside. And I turn to them and I say, hey, friend, this door represents the door to your heart. And I say, Jesus is such a gentleman. He's patiently knocking and waiting at the door of your heart, waiting for you to open up and invite him in so that you can experience this relationship with him. And I'm going to demo that for you. Now, who wants to be my little guinea pig? Yes, you're right at the back. Let's give this man a round of applause as he comes up. What's your name, dude? Aaron. Good to meet you. Come on, give me a high five. You're the man. Right, let's try and avoid standing in that way. So maybe just come here a little bit. Okay, Aaron, for the sake of this example, please pretend that you are a non-Christian, that you don't believe in Jesus. Are you up for that? Great. So picture we are on uh, Norwich High Street for a second, okay? And I'm humbly waiting in my area. Now, I'm going to wait for Aaron to come to me because I don't want to be intimidating. I don't want to rush up to him. I don't want to get up into his face. I want him to just peacefully come to me, and I'm just going to turn to him. So let's, let's do that. Start walking to me, bro. So I'll just be my, oh, hey, can I just ask you a question, okay? So really relaxed. I'm not too close. I'm not too far away. It's just really relaxed, okay? Hey, can I just ask you a question? Yes. Yes. Brilliant. So I'm in. If he was to say no, I would have said, hey, no problem at all. Have an amazing day and let him pass by, okay? But he said yes. So listen to how I phrase the questions, okay? I say, hey, listen, it's a slightly unusual question, but it's really fun, okay? If God could do one miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? He wants a puppy, okay? So I say, hey, that is amazing. You know what? The reason I ask that question is because I believe God exists. He loves you. And he really wants to reveal himself to you. Do you mind if I just pray for you quickly? And most people say yes, okay? It's very rare that people uh, resist any prayer on the street. So go for it. See what happens. So, uh, what's your name, sorry? Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, nice to meet you. I'm Steph. I'm just going to pray for you, okay? Jesus, I thank you so much that you love Aaron. I thank you that you see incredible value and significance in his life. And Jesus, I thank you that you want to bless this man. And I thank you for puppies. So Jesus, would you provide the most amazing puppy for Aaron? May it surpass his expectations and may it be the cutest puppies he's ever, ever seen. Amen. Okay, fairly straightforward, right? How are you feeling at this moment? Fine. Fine? A little bit freaked out? Are you just enjoying the experience? Enjoying the experience. Enjoying the experience. Okay, cool. 
So he's answered that question. I've had an opportunity to pray for him, and I'm starting to reveal the kindness of God, okay? Sometimes in that moment, people actually want a physical healing. So I can pray for healing in that moment and trust that Jesus will heal them. And that often happens, as some of the stories that I shared just now. And if that happens, you've got a really easy way in now to demonstrate and talk about the gospel. So I'm going to ask you the third question. So Aaron, um, tell me, what do you think is the greatest miracle God could ever do in your life? Interesting question. There's really no pressure. Just anything comes to mind, feel free to share it. He could heal your heel. Okay, are you in pain right now? You are? Okay, Okay. so this is a great opportunity for me to pray for him again, whether or not it's here or on the street. So should we just pray for him quickly? Brilliant. Hope this doesn't rock too many people's boats. I often pray for people on the streets and I don't put my hand on them and they still get healed. Okay? I do believe in impartation, but sometimes you have to judge it by the moment, okay? So in this moment, I don't necessarily feel that I need to put my hand on his ankle, okay? We don't want to freak people out on the streets, so do whatever you feel comfortable. So let's just pray. Aaron, Jesus, thank you for this man. Thank you that you love him, that you're passionate about him. And we just speak to that ankle, and we command pain to go and healing to come right now in Jesus' name. Check it out, bro. How's it feeling? Just be honest. You'd have to stand up for a long time. Okay, well, let's trust Jesus for that and see what happens, okay? So it's just a very quick example of how I pray for people on the streets. So Aaron, I really hope that you experience healing there. But do you mind if I just share my thoughts on that question? Is that cool? Listen, what do I think is the greatest miracle God could ever do in your life? You know what? I think he's already done it. And you know, Aaron, just like on your birthday or Christmas, you get given these gifts. What do you do? You just uh, receive them and enjoy them, right? You know, Aaron, God has already given you the gift of eternal life. To spend eternity with him in heaven in paradise. But not only after life, but to experience the fullness of who he is right here, right now. So, Aaron, would you say that you've ever received this gift gift of eternal life? No. No? Okay. Well, listen, dude, let me just unpack what that looks like. You see, everyone else in town this afternoon, myself, yourself included, we've all been created in the image and likeness of God. Not only that, God really wants a relationship with you because he loves you and he really likes you. And you know what? The relationship that Jesus offers is not so much one of judgment, condemnation, and guilt, but one of love, acceptance, freedom, and forgiveness. You know, this forgiveness thing is so key. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? I'm sure you have. Yeah? So tell me, Aaron, do you know what was happening when Jesus was dying on that cross? Not a clue. Okay, I'll tell you what happened, bro. In that moment, Jesus was actually dying for the forgiveness of humanity. You see, sin, that very thing that prevents us from experiencing this relationship with Jesus, with God. Let me ask you this, Aaron. And you can use this example because it's a really helpful tool. Okay? Aaron, just imagine you're wearing a backpack right now. Imagine you're wearing a backpack, right? And Aaron, for example's sake, imagine you were to put all of your sin, shame, pain and guilt in that rucksack, how heavy would it be? Okay, so, 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 but there is a, there's a little bit of a weight to that bag, okay? Well, you know what the great news is? There's an invitation from Jesus right now to take that rucksack from you because he wants you to walk in complete freedom, complete forgiveness, and for you to experience a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus and God. 
Aaron, I want to show you a quick image, if that's okay. At this point, I'm going to pull out my phone, and I'm going to show him this image. I'm going to talk you through it, okay? Aaron, have you ever seen this painting before? No. No, okay. Well, this is extremely famous, right? But don't worry if you haven't seen it. What we've got here is a representation of Jesus knocking on a door. And I'll zoom in as I say. And I say, Aaron, do you notice anything unusual about that door? No handle. Bingo. Got it, dude. Well, that's not a mistake, right? Because the handle is actually on the inside. Because this door can only be opened from the inside, right? But you know the profound thing? This door represents the door to your heart. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus was right here, right now, and you knew that he was knocking on the door of your heart, would you open up and invite him in? Because, Aaron, in inviting him in is saying that you want this relationship with Jesus, that you want to give him this rucksack so that you can walk in freedom and in relationship with him. So if Jesus was right here, right now, would you want to open your heart to him? You don't know. Okay. And that's fine. Some people say that, which is fine. And depending on the context of the conversation, I might ask various questions. So I might ask, well, what what would you want to happen? Or what would... um, or maybe ask him why. Why not? Why would you not want to open your heart to Jesus? Okay? But let's just roll and say that you do for now. Okay? So he said yes to this question. To which I would say, you know what is the incredible news? Jesus is right here, right now. And you know what? He is a gentleman. And he's knocking on the door of your heart waiting for you to open up for him. And you know what? Just like the wind, you can't see the wind, but you can see and feel the effects of the wind. That is just like Jesus with his Holy Spirit. And you know what, Aaron, you can open your heart to Jesus right now. And people often ask me, what do I need to do to open my heart to Jesus? And I always say this. I say, you know what, Aaron, you don't have to do anything because Jesus has already done what you need to do. But he does want you to communicate to him that you receive this gift. And then I'll ask Aaron to repeat a prayer with me. And I say, Aaron, just like I prayed for you just now, that was me just talking to Jesus and, uh, and I'll talk you through that. So I say, you know how I prayed for you just now? That was me just talking to Jesus. And if you want to open your heart to him right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you agree with what I'm saying, why don't you just repeat what I'm saying in your own heart? Are you up for that? Yeah. Great. So uh, just repeat after me. It, has, it can be in your own head, your heart, or out loud. It doesn't matter. Okay. So Jesus, I recognize you exist. I thank you that you love me, that you died for me. And I just choose to uh, give you my rucksack of sin right now. And I receive forgiveness and freedom because I want this relationship with you. Amen. And I can unpack that a little bit more or you can elaborate that a little bit more on the streets if you want to. Did you pray that with me? Amazing. Come on. We got a salvation in the house this morning. Bless you, bro. And then at this point, I would just say, hey, look, Aaron, I would love to stay in contact with you. How about we just exchange contact details? Or oh, I'm not too sure how we do that here. I'll get someone to communicate the follow-up procedure in a second. And then I'll just give them a massive high five and say, that is the best decision that you can ever make. You're amazing. Jesus loves you. The best thing for you to do is start to get plugged into community life. And here is an amazing church that you can get hold of. Aaron, you're incredible. Thank you so much. I hope that was helpful. I appreciate when I uh, give an example from the front, it it seems a little bit forced and a little bit uh, formulaic, um, but that's just the nature of this environment. But just be as natural 
as yourself on the streets. And I want to say, when you operate out of love, it's impossible to go wrong. So the pressure really is off. You know, I, I don't go out on the streets as an evangelist. I go out as a son. And I can sleep very well at night. Um, very well at night. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter how many people I lead to Jesus. It doesn't matter how many people get healed or get set free on the streets. Although that stuff is amazing, what matters is that I know that I am loved regardless of what happens. So I say that to take the pressure off you. It doesn't matter what happens this afternoon, but know you're loved and accepted by Jesus. Saying that, I've got faith and expectations for things to shift this afternoon. Allow God to use you and reveal himself through you. You up for that? Let me say this. How many, of, how many of you know what a crow is? A crow, a bird. Great. How many of you know what a scarecrow is? In fact, everyone just stand up. Show me a scarecrow. Demonstrate a scarecrow for me. Okay, turn that scarecrow into a robot dance. Beautiful. Right, sit down. I'm going to do this very quickly because I want to pray for us. For silly crows, scarecrows work. Crows, so scarecrows scare silly, silly crows. But for a clever crow, a scarecrow simply becomes an advertisement. Because a clever crow, when he sees a scarecrow in the field, he knows that fresh seed has just been planted in that field. And if that crow is willing to push past his fear of the scarecrow, he will experience the fruit that is in that field. You know what, guys? If we're willing to push through our fear this afternoon, I want to guarantee you that there is an inheritance waiting for us. There is an inheritance that God has waited. There is fresh seed that has been planted in people's hearts that we can just oh, lead people to Jesus. Is that cool? Brilliant. Jazz. You know, you guys are amazing. Have fun this afternoon. The pressure is off, but give it a go. If you only get to that second question and pray for someone regarding the miracle, if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? That is incredible. And you know what? If people want healing, I've got faith that Jesus will heal people this afternoon. I've equally got faith that people will come to faith, faith as they experience his kindness and his goodness. Jazz, take it away. Steph has served us so, so well. Um, and I'm excited for what goes on this afternoon. I also, first of all, has anybody actually asked the miracle question out on the streets before? Cool, there's a few of you. Excellent. How many of you have never done this kind of thing before? Okay. I can fully get as exciting as Steph is, and you're excited for this afternoon that some of you might be feeling a little bit afraid about going and wondering what on earth is going on. Is that a fair comment? Okay. Well, I'm just going to deal with that right now. So this morning when I was praying, I felt God wanted to deal with the whole issue of fear and give you a boldness and a confidence. So before I pray, I just want you to just get into pairs very quickly and just say one thing that you're excited about this afternoon and one thing that you're afraid about this afternoon. Okay. Shouldn't have taken that long. Can anybody just tell me what they're excited about this afternoon? 
Come on, shout it out for me. Seeing God work, fantastic. Anything else people are excited about this afternoon? Seeing people saved, fantastic. Anyone else? Shout it out. What are you excited about? Showing love to people, wonderful, superb. Anyone else? Sorry? Sharing God's word, fantastic. There are lots of things to be excited about this afternoon. Seeing the coaches, cool. Right. Anybody feeling a little bit apprehensive? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit scared. Okay. And I can understand that. So we're going to pray. I'm going to pray from the front. And I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and I'm going to see what he's going to do. Some of the team might have some prophetic words. Please come up and share them if you have them. And we're just going to deal with all sorts of bits and pieces. We've got some time to do that. Is that all right? Cool. Okay, let's just wait on Jesus. Wait on the Holy Spirit and see what he's got to say. Father, we are so excited about what we get to be, uh, what we get to do with you this afternoon. Thank you that we don't do this on our own. Thank you that you've gone ahead of us and you've made the path straight for each and every one of us. Thank you that we get to go on a coach today and we get to serve the people in Norfolk and let them know about this amazing gift that you have given us, this gift, your son, Jesus Christ, that because of what Jesus has done in our lives, we are complete, we are whole, and you have given us dignity, authority, and confidence. But right now, I take the authority that I have in Jesus and I speak to every fear that sets itself up inside of us and I tell you to go now. Everything that says, I cannot do this, I tell you to go now. I thank you that we can do all things through Jesus who gives us strength. And I speak to anything that says, I am not bold enough. And I tell that fear to go now. In Jesus' name. And I announce that gift of blessing over each and every one of us. A holy boldness that comes from being rooted and established in the things of God. And I pray that for each one of us, we would know like a, 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 an anointing that just that causes us to speak out what Jesus is doing. Father, I pray that each of us would have stories to share. Even if it's the, the, I got to speak to someone's story. Father, I pray for the divine appointments for each and every single person today. Would you surprise us with your goodness today? Would you surprise us with gift after gift after gift? Father, I pray for a gift of encouragement for each of us, that we would be able to encourage one another into good works today. And I thank you for the good works that you have prepared this afternoon for us to do. I thank you that we can bring you glory, fame, and attention today. Amen. Are there any prophetic words from the team that you just want to speak out? Simon, have you got something? Just feel, just reminded of that uh, scene in The Lion King. You know, where Simba is in the elephant graveyard and the hyenas start to come around him. 
And there's that moment where Simba just kind of, he puts his paws down. He's still only little cub Simba at the time. And he just kind of lets out that squeaky little roar. Nahina's just laugh at him. So he does it again. And Nahina's just laugh at him. And then he opens his mouth, I think it's the third time. And from somewhere deep, that big, thunderous roar of Mufasa. Ooh, say it again. That big, thunderous roar of his daddy thunders through Simba and those hyenas scatter. Today, we're encouraging you, and Steph's giving you courage, and Jazz has prayed courage for you. We're just asking for the plant your feet, and open your mouth, and allow the roar of Daddy Lion, of the Lion of Judah, to speak through you. We're just asking, as Steph said, the pressure is right off. It's off. The, The pressure is this. Hi, can I ask you a question? That's it. But as you just allow that little mouthpiece to open, know that there is the roar of the Lion of Judah coming through you. I had a picture yesterday, and I've had it again today. And as I was sitting down here, I just saw the ground begin to shake. And I saw it kind of it started slowly, and then it grew and grew and grew, and it's really um, turning into quite a a crazy earthquake. And I just felt God say that um, that he was going to rumble something in us, that he was going to shake us up for something new. Um, but I was also reminded of when Jesus died and, um, and there was a big earthquake. And that weird bit where it talks about all the, all the dead people coming back to life again. And um, I just felt him say that as he shakes us up and as he's moving in us today that um, this afternoon we're going to see new life. We're going to see tombs being broken open and and people getting saved. Amazing. Just a really quick one. Um, I just feel like um, there's one or two or maybe quite a few people who've had a really bad experience of sharing the gospel with people or attempting to. Um, and you just need to know that God is so proud of you and for being here. Um, he's proud of every one of us. But for those people who, you know who you are, you've had a terrible experience of um, trying to share the gospel. He is so proud. And um, you need to know there's a really amazing passage in Romans 8 where it says that we are more than conquerors. And today, when you conquer that fear and step over that line of, I don't want to have that bad experience again, the spiritual atmosphere is going to shift like crazy. And, um, yeah, super excited. So know that God is proud of you and that you are more than a conqueror and he's given you everything that you need. Hey, morning, guys. Um, I don't know if any of you had that experience while Steph was speaking of just that sense of, uh, I'm not really like Steph. Uh, I'm not very good at talking to people. Did anybody have that kind of sense in them, just a little bit of voice? I'm not really much like Steph. I'm not really into talking to people. I'm not very good at it. Uh, I heard that myself. And when you heard that, that was a lie. Listen to it again. I'm not like Steph. I don't talk to people. Anybody here never talk to people? (laughs) 
Probably very few of us. And if you're anything like me, you could be very tempted to believe what's quite an obvious lie. We all talk to people. It's very normal. Uh, what Steph was doing was not some skillful thing that he kind of picked. We all relate to people. That's how we were made, to talk to people and have relationship with them. Uh, we're no different to Steph. We're made in the image of God, made to have a relationship, made to talk to each other. So I, I thought maybe actually it would just be helpful to lead a bit of a response to that because when you believe a lie or you heard something, you're tempted to believe it, you need to decide not to believe it. Um, because that, when you get out on the street, that's going to stop you from saying hi to somebody if you don't think you're that kind of person. Is that fair? Yeah? So if you feel like that's something that maybe you're tempted to believe, I wonder if you'd just stand with me. Um, I'm going to do it myself. And what we're going to do is we're just going to take a step forward. Because at the moment, we're in a place where actually, at the moment, we perhaps believe a lie. I'm not like Steph. I don't talk to people. It's a lie. And I actually might just need to take a step forward into a new place where I don't believe that. I do talk to people, and I can when I go out. So if that's you, you feel like, actually, that's a bit of a stronghold. I know it's a bit bold, and there's other people around. Um, But if you feel that's you, do you want to stand with me? Maybe just still your heart before God and just say, God, I choose not to believe that lie. I heard it. It's not true. Made in the image of God. I'm made to relate to other people. I know how to have a conversation. I do it all the time. I choose not to believe it. And just take a step forward when you're deciding, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to step into a new place. I do talk to people. I'm made in the image of God. I'm going to enjoy conversations with others. Father God, we pray for boldness and courage. As we do what we do every day, have normal conversations with people and drop Jesus into it. Amen.